The Chiefs' defense gets it done in the second half, holding Justin Herbert to 7 of 16 for only 100 yards and two interceptions, zero touchdowns in the first half. McCola Hartman ices it, 50-yard return. Big third down catch, blouses, it's done. It's the KCSN Live post-game show in the Kingdom Bar Grill in Overland Park. Drew Tranquil, revenge game, let's party! You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of the KCSN Postgame Show. What's going on? I'm DJ Kissel. That is Ken Swanson. It is the KCSN Live Postgame Show. Again, from the Kingdom Bar and Grill out of here in Overland Park. We've been watching the game out here. It is a great time. If you're a Chiefs fan and you're looking for a place to come watch the game, whether it's a home game, whether it's a road game, just want good vibes, good food, good people, this is the place to be, Kent. It's fun to be back on the stage here, too. Yeah, it's like old school. I know. <laughs> so old school for all three years of KZSM. But, no, I, it, it's been fun to be back out here on the stage watching all these Chiefs fans celebrating after a massive, massive two-score win against the Los Angeles Chargers to all but, you know, clinch the AFC West again before Halloween. As Carter would say, it's a very satisfying victory. Mm. That was just very satisfying in so many different ways. Again, we saw McCole Hardman, who I mentioned off the top. He steps up and makes plays late in the game after kind of a rocky, not the start that he was looking for necessarily, but there's a lot to break down with this game. It's going to be a fun one to get into. We're, Ken and I are going to break down some of the headlines, some of the things that stood out to us. And obviously Craig Stout and Maddie Lane are going to join us here in a little bit. Outside of, let's start, where do you want to go with things? Because there's so many different places we could go with this. Well, we could start with the first half. All right. I mean, an unbelievable explosive performance from the offense. Yeah. I mean, they went absolutely bananas. And I think, you know, we've all, you know, wanted to see this team kind of hit their stride, kind of, you know, show some, you know, some, some bright moments to give you some optimism for the outlook of the offensive side of the ball for the longevity of this season, and they absolutely did. I mean, the Chargers did choose to not cover Travis Kelsey on National Tight Ends Day, so there, there was a little bit of that. That was a choice. Uh, but I, I think you saw some of the ancillary pieces around Travis Kelsey get involved too, and Mahomes was doing a great job distributing the football, uh, kind of getting everybody involved, including Blake Bell. We can talk about that in a little bit. But, yeah. um, I mean, just they lit, the, they, they lit things on fire in the first half, and it was fun to see Mahomes just absolutely dominate and uh, and watch this team kind of flex the ceiling. It's just something we kind of talked about a lot last year is, you know, we know it's going to be a slow build maybe, but flexing the ceiling of an elite offense, they absolutely did that in the first half in a big divisional game where the Chargers were on were on their heels. They needed this win badly. Yeah. This was to end the Chargers, I should say, to almost to conceivably end the Chargers season I'll before say Halloween. I'll say it. Like, that's that's pretty impressive, even for a Chargers team. It's not the injuries this year. Yeah. We, I said coming into this game that we talked about the Chargers being 2-3 and three coming in. Those three losses by a combined eight points. Yeah. They had been in games. It's kind of the same story with the Chargers outside of some of the key injuries, although we know Mike Williams got banged up earlier. But you mentioned the first half offense. I mean, nearly 300 yards passing from Patrick Mahomes and then Travis Kelsey. I think I saw a stat during the broadcast from CBS that it was the most yards he had ever had in a half in his career. Finished the first half with nine receptions, 143 yards and a touchdown. We were joking during the game that I feel like Travis Kelsey has been running option routes or just freelancing all season. And when they show that overhead view of him running down, you can see him reading the leverage of the ways that the linebackers or the safeties that are covering him are kind of going to the area that he appears to be going. He just breaks it off and says, you know what? I'm just going to turn back the other way and sit. 
and that's all the space that Mahomes needs for the company to pass. It's a beautiful thing to watch. I think the thing I always appreciate about it too is that takes two, and it's Mahomes reading the same thing that he is, both of them on the same page, just understanding space and structure. They're always, they, they have such good chemistry because Travis Kelsey freelances, and Mahomes yep. understands where to freelance, you know, where the freelance is going to go, but it's because it's still within the construct of the play. Travis Kelsey's not running into other receivers ever. It's not that he's getting in the way of the structure of the play. He just knows where he has the leeway, and Mahomes knows where he has the leeway too. And I mean, the Chiefs, you know, getting to see them kind of do that, getting to see that chemistry, and, and Travis Kelsey looks just so much better, yeah. you know, in the last four weeks, you know. The the demise of Travis Kelsey has been greatly overstated. Yes, he's 34, but I don't know about you. I think he's 22 right now. <laughs> Tucker is fuming. I wish there was a producer cam right now so everybody could see Tucker's face with all the Taylor Swift. Um, oh, that's Tucker's gonna jump so in here. Good. Say something. Yeah, I'm gonna jump in here. I like Taylor Swift, and I'm a very I'm the biggest Taylor Swift fan in KCSN. I'll say it right now. That's a fact. Uh, but Kent's gotta quit. Kent's gotta quit making jokes. He has to. I will not. All right, let's move on and talk about the Chiefs defense here for a little bit because they deserve some love, especially with their performance in the second half. I mentioned it off the top of the show. Just slow down. And, and the Chargers offense, to give them some credit, in the first half, they were going blow for blow. They were right there. But in the second half, both teams made adjustments. We said They decided to bracket Travis Kelsey, uh, which is a solid move on their part. Uh, but Justin Herbert finishes 7 of 16 for just 100 yards with zero touchdowns, two interceptions, and some key sacks from the Chiefs' defense. They got pressure, and they brought him down when they absolutely needed to get it done. I think they pitched a shutout in the second half, too, if I remember correctly. You do remember correctly. Yeah, I mean, they, they were outstanding. And, yeah, I, they, I think they did a really good job. I think they did a lot better job on first and second down and, and maybe kind of kept the Chargers from getting too much into some of their tempo looks too much. You know, like I think that's something the Chargers have always been good is kind of mixing and mashing with some tempo. Uh, and they got them early in the game and, and broke some tendencies and took some deep shots with some of their some of their tempo stuff. And the Chiefs just settled in, and you know they didn't deviate too far away from you know what has gotten them there to this point. And the pass rush was, I mean, yeah. it was, I mean, it, it was when they were getting home, it was impactful. I you know I think they you know I don't know if they were getting consistent pressure across the board, you know, and, and Herbert, but yep. they were making it count when they got to the quarterback, and especially in the second half, that mixed with some really big pass deflections, yep, and some key downs. Those were key factors in the defense, just really slowing things down for the Chargers and, and putting the ball on the ground, uh, you know, just just forcing some incompletions to keep them out of that tempo. Yeah, and let us know in the comment section defensively who was your MVP of the game. It's going to be really interesting we get to the toast game at the end of this uh, with our friends from Ben Holiday Distillery and the Ben Holiday Bourbon. But interested to see where everybody's kind of um, thoughts are regarding the MVP of this game because it could go a lot of different ways. A lot of people would say McColl because of what he did at the end of the game. Those two huge plays after mm -hmm. a rough start. I mean, we saw incomplete pass and then the pass deep that led to the interception, uh, which I know we'll get into in the second half of the show. But uh, for me, the linebackers saw Drew Tranquil poetically make a play at the end. Willie Gay stepped up, made some huge plays, some huge deflections. But Charles Amenehu, what a great debut for him in a Chiefs uniform. Into the first half, had the huge sack to force the third and 18 on a drive in which the Chargers were moving and at half that the Chargers had been moving the ball before the Chiefs got to go in and not to make a big thing about halftime adjustments like it happens. We know that it doesn't talk to people. They have a time to go to the bathroom. They have a time to maybe talk with the, their guys for a few minutes and then they're back out on the field. And then uh, the pass deflection at the end that led to the interception, which is the biggest, one of the biggest plays of the game. Yeah, I, I think there's another, I'm, I think I'm missing another play too. Like I, I think he showed up again at another point. I can't remember 
think it was a pressure, or, you know, just getting in in her, uh, Herbert's face again. But he was at his feet on one of them. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Welcome, Charles Amenahu. And you know, Chris Jones kind of had a quiet game today. And the Chiefs still had someone step up in a big way and kind of disrupt that game and make a couple big plays on that on that defensive line. And it's the guy that they spent the most money on, I believe, on the defensive side of the ball for the entirety of free agency this year when Charles Menehue. And, I mean, that was that was an outstanding you know debut for him. I, I, I'm kind of curious to see the snap counts for him as well when yeah. it's all said and done. I, it feels like he got some run late too just because of when they need him the most. But, yeah, I mean, he definitely I, – I think Chiefs fans are kind of seeing why – a lot of people that, you know, kind of do the film stuff, like we've been talking about on, on KCSN, how excited we are about Charles Amenehue's return. That's why. That kind of impact. Yeah, and I want to shout out the Chiefs' offensive line, too. For as much as they were throwing the ball, the Pats' moms looked really comfortable uh, back there. They didn't yep. run the ball all that great, and we can get into that if you really want to start picking things apart. Um, but in general, Patrick Mahomes looked comfortable. Travis Kelsey was finding the open way. Pa- tra- Patrick Mahomes finished this game 32-42 of 42 for 424 yards. And four touchdowns. Chiefs offense averaged seven and a half yards per play. Yeah. That is crazy for a team. And we talked about this. I know we talked about it on five things to watch coming in. That this was a must win for the Chargers. We laugh about it because we're talking about must wins for a team that was pro- projected by a lot of people to win the division. And it, I know we we joke about it, but it's not because there's a lack of talent. There's a ton of talent on that side of the football and on, on the other sideline for the Los Angeles Chargers. And for them to come in here and give their absolute best performance, and Patrick Mahomes absolutely picks them apart and looks comfortable back there, that's a shout-out to the Chiefs' offensive line because they got it done, giving him time and making him comfortable back there to be able to find these guys all over the field. And definitely felt like a kitchen sink game for them, too. You know, I think you saw what Tony Romo was talking about then, just really being aggressive downhill and kind of allowing some stuff if they really wanted to try to take some stuff over the top. But, um, you know, it felt like the Chargers were being aggressive to try to, you know, going for broke a little bit and, some of their tendencies early in the first half, just taking some shots down the field too. I mean, it's not that, yes, the Chargers take some shots down the field, but out of tempo, like, yeah, that's not normal. Like, those were some tendency breakers there too. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was, you know, the Chargers did a lot and, and tried to, you know, they tried. They gave they gave their best shot, and the Chiefs responded beautifully and won by two scores. And I, I think the funny thing is, you know, you got to give the Chargers some credit for some of their second half adjustments. If you look at the if you look at the score sheet for Mahomes, 32, 32 of 42, 424 yards, four touchdowns and an interception. You just look at it on its base, and you're like, the Chargers didn't do anything. It's just that he was that good in the first half. Yeah, only threw for 100 yards in the second half. Chargers did some good things, and and thank God for the special teams big play, because that's right. kind of what busted this thing open for the Jets yeah. when it was all said and done. Yeah, that's why I said that McCall's play ice the games this started becoming a three and out it was a defensive battle in the yep. second half until McCole stepped up and you were just looking it didn't feel as close as it was because of how well the Chiefs defense was yep. playing but for them to step up on the special teams and get it to where it could be a two possession and then they got the touchdown which is a bonus but the whole time it's like just kick a field goal that's why I looked at you I was like just run the ball mm-hmm. there's like six minutes left I'm like run the ball three or four times there's four minutes left kick the field goal you have a two possession lead and the way your defense is playing that's icing it Ended up getting the touchdown anyway, but hell of a performance from the Chiefs' offense. And also, shout out Marquez Valdez-Scaling. Yeah. Made some plays today and stepped up in a way. I think they said during the broadcast, his first touchdown since, what, the AFC Championship game last year. That's crazy considering the opportunity that he had coming into the season. But he finished three catches for 84 yards. Saw Kadarius Tony right off the bat. I know I looked at you and I was like, it's intermediate route, a wide receiver route. Yeah. On, like, maybe a little skinny post. Yeah. Uh, across the middle to, to deliver the ball to him on a play in the first half. Those, those are the kinds of steps and checkpoints and milestones not milestones 
those things that you want to see from the Chiefs passing offense that hasn't been what we've expected it to be mm-hmm. so far this season. I've said consistently, I didn't think all of a sudden one week it was just going to click and everything was working, but it clicked today. Uh, and a lot of it had to do with Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. But you have another take before we throw a little break here and bring our friends on? Yeah, real quick. You know, I, it, it's this is going to be something I think you're going to have to just get used to with this Chiefs offense is, you know, you see you see guys like Marquez Valdez Scantling stepping up this week. He might not be that guy for two more weeks. It's going to probably be, there's there's a group of these guys. It's going to be kind of a rotation. One week, McColl's going to probably get a big play or, or two or three big plays. And one week, it'll be Kadarius Tony with seven catches and 75 yards. I think we're starting to see two consistent performers starting to to reveal themselves. Travis Kelsey and Rashi Rice. We'll talk a little bit more about Rashi Rice, I'm sure, but I think those are your two kind of staples that you're starting to see establish themselves more in the passing game. And then from there on out, it's going to be grab bag, mix, match, depending on the game plan, depending on the play call. Uh, I think you're going to kind of just see these guys, you know, mix and match. One will have a big game and one might not. <laughs> All right. BJ Kissel, Ken Swanson, we've got Tucker Franklin and Christian Martinez here breaking this thing down with us. We're going to take a quick break right now. We come back. We're going to be joined by Craig Stout and Maddie Lane. There gives their thoughts on the Chiefs' 31-17 win over the L.A. Chargers here today. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? Like you know what you should do, what's good for you, but you just can't do it? Therapy helps you figure out what's holding you back. So you can work for yourself instead of against yourself. I personally have been talking to somebody for a few years now, and it's amazing how much better you'll feel by learning more about yourself through it. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash KCSN today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash KCSN. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Chiefs win. 31-17. Big win. Big, I mean, 6-1 and one on the season now. And undefeated in the AFC uh, West again. And just knocking out their biggest competition for the AFC West. I just love that. We've all admitted that the Chiefs, we always talk about Spags defense. You never judge a Spags defense till after Halloween. Pretty <laughs> scary if you if this is if this is the other side of things. Um if this is the other side of things, that's gonna be pretty impressive. And then for the Chiefs offense, we talked about the passing game not quite being there um all the way yet, and it clicked today. Yes, beautiful. I mean, and I think if this is we'll we'll start with this. Maddie Lane, is this is this first half? Is this offense that you saw a reason to kind of just maybe not get as stressed out about what we've seen from the early returns on the offense so far? I mean, yeah, I think the Chiefs' offense there in the first half was clearly kind of clicking on all cylinders, and I think you guys touched on it a little bit at the start, right? Travis Kelsey's just kind of out there running um, whatever he wants, and Patrick Mahomes <laughs> is finding him, and and that stuff matters. Uh, I think. Part of that's because there's some inconsistency and lack of trust with some of the other wide receivers. But I think the big part was like Travis Kelsey's kind of doing whatever he wants, doing it really well. And that set up everybody else for a big game. So the way that MVS was playing it out, the way that Rasheed Rice is making an impact, it all kind of started with what Travis Kelsey was doing. And this Chiefs offense was flowing. Patrick Mahomes looked great on the move, throwing in structure from the pocket. Like it'd be really hard to pick poke holes in anything the offense was doing. Other than, you know, and we'll get, probably get to it later, they, they stopped running gap stuff. That's my only complaint. My only quibble with the offense in the entire game was they went back to all zone runs. But everything else was perfect in the first half. Greg? Yeah, offense looked great. It, it's nice when Patrick Mahomes throws for 400 yards, huh? Uh, that, that, that's a really nice weird thing to happen. Yeah, especially with 324 of those come in the first half. That's a, that's a hell of a half there. It looked like it was going well. And I, you know, MBS has a big game. We talk about him, you know, having peaks and valleys and disappearing for a little while. It was good to see one of the peaks show up. I thought Sky Moore probably had his best game of the year today. Like I really did. I, I thought that he looked pretty good consistently and had one of the bigger plays of the day, making sure to maintain a block on a Patrick Mahomes run yeah. for a third and 15. Like that's a heads up smart play. By a receiver there, Rashi Rice, that touchdown in the back of the end zone, we, we would be talking about that a hell of a lot more if Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey hadn't gone off in this game. That was a hell of a catch by Rashi Rice there. It was all kind of clicking. Everything looked pretty good. Everything was kind of humming, especially in the first half. It was almost effortless from the Chiefs. They were they were at about 10.7 yards per play when the Chargers were at 3.3 and it was it it just looked like everything was working. Get into the second half, have a little slip up with a Blake Bell fumble that they rule, you know. Uh, it, it was it was on the line there. And then they kind of got into the point where the Chargers had their number for a few drives, but a big drive at the end of the game. They did what they needed to do. You scored 31 points against a division opponent. You did your job there. So hat tip to the entire offense. I don't really have a whole lot of qualms with anybody that played on offense today. Yeah, they set the world on fire in the first half. And the funny thing is they still had an interception mixed in yeah. there at one point, too. And I know some people were getting really upset about, you know, some stuff with, you know, McCole Hardman and, and you know, the the maybe the effort trying to break up the pass and, 
made the decision, you know, rough decision, then the, his hand gets hit, and then ball's not really challenged up in the air. But, man, the bounce back from him, too. I mean, like it, welcome back with Cole Harden with the punt return. Uh, that was obviously huge. And then some. I don't know I, I don't know if that was cover zero. Do we think that was zero that they got on that drag route from McCole across the field? I, it looked like some kind I of new coverage. I don't I – th- yeah. Go, Manny. I, yeah, I don't know if it was zero or not, but they, there was definitely bl- it was definitely blitz. It was definitely man, and he definitely got to go- run underneath a couple little clear out routes that gave him some space. So, like whether it was zero or just you know they're still playing like man free behind just a five man pressure, I don't recall. I know Jerk McKinnon had a really good blitz pickup on it. It was kind of like the uh, the vet blitz pickup where he got rocked and completely knocked off balance, and he just gives a little tug to uh, Kendricks, I believe it was. I just pulled him just enough off balance that uh, Mahomes is still able to float the ball over there. Well, he had another yeah. big one against uh, against uh, Joey Bosa. <laughs> is what is every, every yeah. single week. That dude is always laying his laying himself out on the line for uh, for his teammates. But yeah, no, I thought that was a really nice by McCole Hardman, and you know, obviously he kind of was huge in that that last drive. Let's talk a little bit about the sputter the sputter on the offensive side of the ball, though, because obviously there was a little bit of stretch. I believe they had four straight punts. And it was really good. You know, the offense wasn't moving consistently. They get the big, uh, the big punt return, and then they close it out in the red zone, uh, in the end zone on a really nice screen play. Uh, Maddie, what did you kind of think of the struggles of the offense for that spread, uh, for that stretch there? I mean, I thought the Chargers did a great job, right? Brandon Staley's always got these various little adjustments and stuff for the Chiefs, and the the adjustment for this game was, hey, we're Derwin James can't cover Travis Kelsey. We just can't do it, so we're going to give him help. And they doubled Travis Kelsey. And then I thought the Chiefs were kind of, I don't want to say trying to like uh, play close to the vest, but I think Andy was trying not to show a little bit of everything. I think they were trying not to put everything they wanted to out there. So then it became a lot of, can we pick up four yards on a first down run or a second and long run? And the Chiefs just weren't able to because they were doing a lot of zone runs. Kelsey was getting doubled and it was taken away where Mahomes felt comfortable. There wasn't a lot getting open. And we say all this, right? Like, I just don't think the the play calling was as good during that spot. But we say all this. There were two plays on third down on those drives that Patrick Mahomes probably just misplaced the ball. Maybe difficult throws, but there was the kind of corner route to Rasheed Rice from their own, like, end zone to which uh, Rice maybe should have been more vertical, but he was also really open on the corners. Like, it's hard to split hairs. Just a miscommunication there or a bad ball placement. And then the one to Travis Kelsey, right? Where Mahomes is kind of on the move and lobbing it downfield, but if he puts that ball out in front or towards the middle of the field a little bit, that's another huge gain. So, like, yeah, they did punt the ball four straight times, but we're Mahomes misplaced passes, two of them away from those not being a thing, and the way he played the rest of the game, like, those might have been two <laughs> his three worst passes in the game. Like, oh, no. Oh, like, yeah. No limit. Yeah, I know. And the other drive that, that Maddie's talking about here was a play with, you know, a, a first down screen pass to Clyde edwards Lair that you know, Derwin James was was bearing down on him, but how many times have we seen Clyde make guys miss on that very same route there? Der- Derwin was not having a good time closing down angles very well. That that kind of got them a little bit behind the sticks. They followed it up with a decent run there, but then just couldn't get anything going on that final play. It, it, we can nitpick those three. It, it was three punt drives there, Kent. And then, and then you talk about the fumble at the very beginning of the half there where they were all the way down in the Chargers 26. They were rolling. I mean, they were rolling. They, they were rolling. They were absolutely rolling in that drive. And then you go touchdown, end of game there. Like, yeah, I, I could look at the second half and say, oh, they didn't get it going. Brandon Staley called, made some good calls there. 
couple of slight misses from Patrick Mahomes and the receivers, but based on the way that they played in the first half, those are the ones that I'm more yeah. than likely just, yeah, hey, sweep those under the rug. It's fine. They'll, they'll get those back another time. I feel good about the offense after the way that they played in the first I half. Feel, I feel very good. Um, I feel very optimistic about this offense. Um, and, I mean, I think look, they, ha- they, haven't, they haven't lost with Travis Kelsey uh, playing this year, by the way. Uh, there's there's wow. a fun little caveat. Weird how that works. <laughs> Weird how that works. Having Kelsey and Chris Jones is good. It turns out having blue chip players is a good thing. Uh, but it's good to see the offense kind of get things rolling a little bit again. And yeah, I, I I came away very optimistic. Rasheed Rice continues to ascend. I'm I, again like I'm always fascinated by his snap counts. I'm continually curious to see what his uh, opportunities and his usage is going to be because I do think he's just going to be on an uptick. And this was like a mini buy. And you saw the offense get hot and figure some things out and start to identify some stuff, and and they uh, they really they really laid it on the Chargers early in the game. Now the Chiefs uh, or the Chargers uh, offense obviously got hot early, but the demise of the Chiefs, as people were talking about on social media, completely overstated because I I mean this this defense played outstanding in the second half of this game, and uh, I mean I get I do think this was a kitchen sink game for the Chargers too, Maddie. Uh, I mean, yeah, I think a little bit, right? I, the problem is, like, the Chargers' kitchen sink still just kind of becomes, like, uh, throw it up to some of their best players, right? Like, there was, some, I'm not saying there wasn't some good design stuff in there or anything, but it's still just a lot of throw it up to their best players. And, like, that worked. I mean, Josh Palmer was having a game, you know, he did his best Mike Williams versus the Chiefs, which is didn't dominate a lot of guys at the catch point. And they had that going for them. The Chargers were got something figured out there in the first half with the uh, going quick, getting up into tempo. That is something that has routinely bothered Steve Spagnuolo's defenses. Yes. There's a lot of communication. There's it's always a lot the of Chargers too. Adjustments. It's always the Chargers yeah. too. I wonder if it's because they get the Chiefs in, I don't know, base and then go quick, and then the Chiefs have to sort it all out while in uh-huh. base. Almost like there's probably Matt, a Matt, there. my talking points. <laughs> 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 um, so anyway, yeah, the Chiefs were struggling a little bit in, in the first half, and I think even more so than anything that happened through the air. It was the run defense. They had been really good all year, but it was it was a little disappointing to see the Chargers getting a good push every single time they tried to run. Every single run, it felt like it was it was four yards. No matter how many guys were in the box, no matter what the run was, it just seemed like four yards, four yards. And like that is the one thing the Chiefs run defense hadn't been doing all year. To get to that, give that up to the Chargers, especially with Eckler clearly hurt and not playing, was a little disappointing. But I mean, like again, we're talking about nitpicking. We're talking about nitpicking stuff here at that point in time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Chargers on the day rush for 5.3 yards per carry. That's one of the biggest that the Chiefs have allowed this season. I know you can't do this, but you take out Joshua Kelly's 49-yard run, they average 3.6 yards per carry. Now, Mm -hmm. here's the funny part about that. They got those 3.6 yards almost every single play. Like, it wasn't like hey, a one-yard run and then a nine-yard run. Austin Austin, Austin Eckler's longest run? Was six yards. Six. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so the variability I mean, on their run fits into a very small box. Like that box, it's a real small box. Uh-huh. Craig, yeah. Craig, I won't let you cook in a second, but Tucker D. Franklin wants to jump in. Yeah. We uh, just hearing uh, from the podium for Andy Reid, uh, Nick Bolton has a dislocated wrist. Ooh. Dislocated wrist for Nick yeah. Bolton there. Uh, I'll have more to come on that. Tucker's going to. That's I think it got, I think it got stuck uh, it in the shoulder pads. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think he got stuck in Allen's shoulder pad and then he fell on it is what it looked like happened to me. Like it looked like it went into the, the ch- chest plate of the shoulder pad and then he fell on it. And I was like, yeah, it looked not great. I also wondered, like, it looked like Keenan Allen had control of his wrist or had his, had like, kind of had his wrist, was trying to, like, control that arm a little bit, too, because, like, it seemed like he held it down or he's holding it on the way down to the ground, too. So, like, maybe something weird happened there. Anyways, Craig, please continue to cook. My apologies. Oh, it makes me sad. For Tucker was, trying to make our he, show better. I don't know. I just He was he was having a good game. He, he really was. It was a good Nick Bolton yeah. game, really good one there. Luckily, the Chiefs have Drew Tranquil again. Uh, he's going to become, along with Mike Dana, the new Charger killer here. Chiefs allow a field goal and a punt in, in the first quarter there. We don't want to talk about the second quarter. And then they get into <laughs> the the second half there, and it's interception, punt, 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 interception. Like yeah. That's an outstanding job by the Chiefs defense. And at one point from the very start of the fourth quarter, Till three minutes and 19 seconds left to go in the quarter, the Chiefs had a 100% defensive success rate. That means they were ahead of the sticks, did not allow the Chargers to get ahead of the sticks on any play during that time period. That was outstanding at a time when they absolutely needed it. The Chiefs had a short field, didn't allow anything, forced a punt. Chiefs backed up after a turnover, didn't allow anything, Mm -hmm. forced a punt. You get into the red zone. That was really the only real drive that the Chargers had of any sort of volume until the end of the game when the Chiefs are in prevent. Chiefs, Charles Amenahue forces, you know, pops the ball up into the air, forces an interception. This game needed this defense to step up once again, and we are now seven weeks into the season, and it just keeps happening. Like, we, we this is legit. This is real. It doesn't matter who they're playing. They step up. The Chargers offense specifically was trying to get into tempo looks, especially if they had a successful play on first down. They wanted to get up to the line and get going again on second down so the Chiefs couldn't substitute. The most diabolical thing that Kellen Moore did, if they had a decent second down play that got them into like a third and long, they'd Mm -hmm. sprint to the line and not allow the Chiefs to get in dime. And that's where Steve Spagnuolo is at his best. So Spags just started countering, getting into the dime in second on second yep. down. That's what happened in the second half. That was part of the turnaround there. So major adjustments by Spags. They got into the bag a little bit more. It worked out. But the Chargers had their number in the second quarter, and it was mostly because of that tempo look that the Chargers kept hitting. Well, and I think you can – I'm not going to – I don't want to pick on one player specifically, but Justin Reed had a really rough singular possession where he gave up two completions – and then fit a run poorly, that led to the Josh Kelly run. So, like, there was, like, one kind of isolated drive, I think, where he kind of really struggled. He had his moments, and they he were able – Oh, he absolutely did. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong. Uh, but it, I think that was, like, you can kind of isolate it to, like, if he just has a better – if he has a better drive – who knows what this game looks like? Like that was that one was that was a rough that was a rough little stretch for him there, um, you know, with the with the completion of Parham. I think he had a completion on an out route uh, or something outside, and then you know fitting that run a little weird. Drew Tranquil might have been held on that too. I know I know some BJ. You want to jump in? Yeah, just going back to the Nick Bolton thing before we get too far away from it. Uh, texted a friend who would know, uh, and not all dislocated wrists are the same. But it's asked, is it season ending? And he said, not necessarily. There's a lot that depends on that. And I just joked that it's never simple. He said, no, if he's going to play at all, he will be in a hard cast for the rest of the season. Gotcha. Oh, so if he, pl- if, so if he plays, he will be in a hard cast. If he plays. Yeah. 
Well, we'll see. We'll see. Everybody recovers different. Let, let, we'll get into that later. Yeah. Well, we might want to talk a little bit about I that mean, real quick. <laughs> well, I mean, like you guys said, though, I mean, like, I mean, like we just talked about Drew Tranquil came right in and the Chiefs defense didn't didn't miss a beat. Right. And like, I'm never going to say that losing a player like Nick Bolton, who's, you know, the captain, he's calling all the plays. Sells well, at, look how look how look at the reaction of all the players too. when, well, they, yeah. when Nick Bolton yeah. goes out. If you see the reaction of all of his teammates and how concerned and how disappointed and sad they are for him, not knowing the severity of the injury, but just knowing that he's getting a ton of attention. Like, you see, that's the tangible impact or the intangible impact that he definitely has in that room. And that's, you know, to, you know, I, I know what you're saying. I know you're about to finish that point, Maddie, but that's just, you know, you could see that's a very intangible value that he presents to that team. So, anyways, continue. No, absolutely. Yeah. I'm not taking anything away from what he did. It's just we've seen the Chiefs now have to operate without him, right? Like, this isn't the first time this year they're going to do it. We've seen them have to game plan with Drew Tranquil being the guy to play Mike, and it's been great. It's been fine. It's been great. It's been really good. We just saw Drew Tranquil have to come into the game in the middle of it. The very first play he's in there, he's aligning Dana in the, or not Dana, but Naughty in the right run gap, and the run goes right through. Now, I mean, the Chiefs didn't stuff it, but like you watch him walk up to the line and immediately tell Naughty where to realign to get in the correct gap. That's right where the run goes. Like I don't think the Chiefs are missing as much as they would have in years past when Drew Tranquil comes in. I think there's maybe even parts of this defense when Drew Tranquil's forced to be out there that maybe gets a little better. I'm not going to get into better overall, not better overall, but there's little things that Drew Tranquil does really, really well. And having him on the field, running with a tight end on a vertical up the seam is probably a good place to have him, right? So, so I just, this is the Chiefs are in a good situation to handle something like this. I would rather the Chiefs make sure that Nick Bolton is comfortable to play, feels good. I mean, you can play in a hard cast, but linebacker, you're trying to catch yeah. passes, you're trying to hold on to people's tackling, you have to engage with blockers. A hard cast is probably a little bit difficult. Not impossible, but a little difficult to play with in that role. So, Tucker D. Franklin wants to jump back in. Yes, sir. I got a few notes to make. Let's go. Uh, first, I found this quote from uh, Chargers Brandon Staley interesting. He said, we need to reset as a football team. Obviously, as you guys touched on earlier on the show. I think the fans gonna, probably feel that, too. Realigned, yeah. Like a different conference or division? Yeah, they need to do something there. Uh, but a couple of Travis Kelsey nuggets. Andy Reid at his press conference said that uh, Travis Kelsey gets better with time. Taylor Swift can stay around if all she wants. <laughs> um, so we'll get that there. And then I saw this one from Next Gen Stats come across my timeline here. Travis Kelsey caught all eight of his open targets for 104 yards against the Chargers. Example of three-plus yards of separation. Uh, Kelsey entered the game hauling in every one of his 26 open receptions. His 34 receptions on open targets currently leads the NFL. So when he's open, he's catching the football. I also just think it's funny how mad he was about the target he didn't catch. On yeah. the back shoulder? He was so disappointed. That was, was a, a difficult catch. Key third down with eight minutes to go. Like, that was a I, moment. I know, but, catch, but it's just funny that like, he was near perfect, or he was perfect up to that point. And then he he's very disappointed that he doesn't make a difficult catch. I think that's funny. I do want to go back to that, to that Nick Bolton, because obviously that's probably one of the biggest stories coming out of this game. It is great. You know, it, it the I don't know if it's it's not foresight, but the just the fact that Andy Reid was so aggressive in recruiting Drew Tranquil and and pulling pulling the Juju Smith Schuster playbook and sending him pictures of the Lombardi uh, and doing some of that kind of stuff to try to re, you know recruit Drew Tranquil. How valuable is it to have a guy like him who they kind of signed late in free agency for such a cheap contract? You know, being able to have that kind of depth. That it's going to be more valuable, I think. You know, if 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 Nick Bolton is to miss some time, man, the fact that this team has linebacker depth 
just the, the just the depth of this defense kind of revealing itself too. Like part of the reason that we're seeing this team have so much success is the the experience and just the able bodies that they're able to introduce. You know, when things like this happen. So uh, I'm. It, it, I hope. Well, we all hope that Nick Bolton's not, you know, missing much time. But the good news is, I think we we saw that you know they can they can withstand that to some level because they have more depth than they've had in the past. Yeah, I, I'll go Absolutely. back. I've said it when they when they signed him that those are the types of moves that win Super Bowls, and not mm. not to make a big statement out of any contract that's given for one year, four million. I think Mike Edwards is around the same amount of money mm-hmm. but every it takes every single player on your roster stepping up making plays at different points in the season and for drew tranquil and with the roster composition there's only so much money they can give out getting players right on four million dollar deals are the differences that that make those margin of errors all throughout a season that everybody's got to step up and make plays and those are the types of moves we've seen it throughout the years on all the super bowl years it's always these guys who step up and make plays and to get a talent like that unbelievable that he was available for that amount of money, probably should be getting paid more this offseason. Yeah, he would. But those are the types of moves that ultimately help you end up winning Super Bowl. Obviously, you need your Patrick Mahomes, your Travis Kelsey's, but you need your Drew Tranquils, you need your Mike Edwards, you need those type of guys. Mike Dana's is another one of those guys as a draft pick that's still, you need those guys, those, I don't say role players, because role players, all of a sudden, when their name and their number is called, they have to step up and make plays if you're going to win something special, and that's what we've seen so far. Yeah, it's a next man up mentality for sure, and you know it, it's a, it's valuable to have what they have. The best version of this team is gonna have Nick Bolton on the field, though, and it's yeah. I think the best version of this team, obviously, getting four capable linebackers to mix and match personnel wise, based on games, you know, based on scheme, based on game plan. That might go away a little bit now, so you're gonna have you know guys getting tested, and you know, hey, more more reps means you know higher chance of some more injuries to the position. So it kind of sucks that we're seeing this happen now, but. Um, you know, hopefully the Chiefs can kind of withstand that a little bit. Uh, let's move back to the offense a little bit. Um, I know we kind of cut that Travis Kelsey conversation short, but it's kind of funny that, you know, he, he's hurt week one, last second, right before the game starts, and this, you know, kind of offense kind of looks in disarray. But since then, you know, the last four weeks specifically, he looks healthy, even though he injured himself again in the middle of all that. I mean, my goodness. Maddie, he's been he's been on fire. No, he really has, and it's crazy because there's there's still times that like I I see it to where he looks like his age a little bit. He looks like he's an older tight end that is dealing with some injuries, like that long run where he didn't even attempt to make the DB miss or to make him <laughs> and he get, decided just to get tackled. Or some of his like drop steps to turn around on his catches. He's been the best player in the NFL I've ever seen at just the drop step and turn up field. Some of those are just a little bit slower. Now, a couple times this game, it seemed like he bobbled the ball doing it. But like, I think you do see a little bit of the age and the injuries catching up to him. But goodness, it doesn't matter when he's hitting <laughs> that shoulder shimmy in the middle of a route and coming out of the break, just how smooth he can still be in and out of his breaks that age. The influence he puts on DBs with his head, his shoulders, everything working in unison. I, He's the best him and Devonte Adams are the best two route runners in the NFL and I don't even know if it's particularly close and like Travis Kelsey's doing this on a bad ankle and a bad knee and everything right now like I don't I, we're getting to the points where we might have to start having a conversation you know nationally just about how he simply is just the best you know down in down out route runner in, in the game and maybe one of the best of all time because what he's doing when he clearly has lost some athleticism is insane 
Yeah, it absolutely is. And to Ken's point that he was talking about earlier, the fact that he and Mahomes are reading the defenses the exact same way to open some of this stuff up, to play off of the other routes that he knows are there, that is like insane football IQ. Like it, it really is tremendous to watch him out there manipulating some of these guys. Derwin James had a bad time today. Quite simply, yes, he was coming into this game a little thing. So, are, are they gonna? Are, are Chargers fans gonna make a mural of this game, uh, of him in this game, or no, 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 no. not like not like whiskey uh, when Travis Kelsey Just got curious. spiked on his way towards the yeah. end zone in yeah. the game. Just curious. Anyway, but um, yeah, no, it, it was one of those that he he was coming into this game a little banged up and was forced into action covering one of the best players in. The foot in the National Football League right now, and it did not go well for this defense. As a matter of fact, they tried to just leave him with Derwin James for most of the first half. That was the big adjustment that Brandon Staley did. It's like, hey, listen, we're just going to give so much more attention to everybody else or to Travis Kelsey and let everybody else beat us. If that happens, then that happens. And it kind of did towards the end of the game there, but it Travis just continues to amaze us each and every week. They're just putting up numbers after numbers after numbers. I mean, he's on track for a thousand yards again after missing week one and having a little bit of a slow start. It, it's just insane to watch what he's doing on the field at his age right now. It's kind of crazy to think that Derwin James was a game time decision and they tried to put so much on his plate too. So maybe part of the reason Derwin James was having such a bad time was he's trying to gut it out. Tucker D. Franklin, what do you got for us? Yeah, there's obviously so much more to talk about with Travis Kelsey too. Uh, here's a fun little did you know that today's game against the Chargers was Travis Kelsey's 99th consecutive game, including the playoffs with three-plus receptions. That is the longest such streak of any player in NFL history. It is also 64 games longer than the next longest streak by a tight end in NFL history. That's via Chiefs Communications in uh, 64 games. That's insane. Uh, and this is also Patrick Mahomes on Travis Kelsey on being able to read coverages and being on the same page as him. He said, quote, it's almost like he's playing Madden. <laughs> I'm sure the Chargers love to hear that. Well, the yeah, the char- well, the Chargers should try winning. Charger Chargers should try getting some of that defensive personnel that they're spending so much money on to uh, execute. Yeah, I'm still going to shout out the Chiefs' offensive line. I know we're talking about all of the other skill guys, and it's taking my toast game. I see how it is. That's we're going to get to toast game in a second. <laughs> but the Chargers came into his last four games; it averaged about eight pressures or eight, excuse me, eight quarterback hits per game. It four quarterback hits on Patrick Mahomes, just one sack. Chiefs end up with five sacks on defense, all from five different guys. Yeah, impressive. Both, I think both both lines. I think both lines for the you know for the Chiefs played fantastically. You know, the like getting five sacks, getting home five times against Drew Trank or against uh, Justin Herbert. I know Drew Tranquil got the last one kind of in, in more or less garbage time, but this team was was getting home and making some big impactful plays and making oh, plays. Huh? Don't steal that thunder from them. Don't call it garbage time. Is it ice in the game? It's poetic. Yeah, that, poetic. I didn't say that's garbage time. I'm just joking with you, me. You know, I'm just saying. Hey, I th- I'm going to jump in here. I'm going to insert myself into this program. Oh, let's go. Uh, I love it. Travis Clement Smith says, I think there ought to be a National Travis Day. And I think that that's basically just National Titans <laughs> Day at this point, right? Like, it's just National Travis Kelsey Day. I think so Tra- so Travis is, is suggesting to have a National Travis Day, Tuck. Listen. Oh. <laughs> that's Okay. It's okay. Listen, I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed in, in Tony Romo for not getting us enough National Tight End Day talk. 
I, I yes. Greg Olson got a lot of talk in there about National Tight End Day. I am this. I, I think it's a disservice that Greg Olson did not get to call a Travis Kelsey game on National Tight End Game. I think that's the real issue that I have with this entire weekend. Do we think? I, do we think totally Tony agree? really wanted both of those? Uh, the the fumble by Blake Bell and the fumble by Isaiah Pacheco to really go against the Kansas City Chiefs this week. I, I'm I'm usually not a Tony Romer hater by any means, but. Both of those were a little bit like, hey, hey, let's be a little bit more down the middle here. All right, everybody. It's your favorite time mm. in the KCSN Live postgame show. It's time for the Ben Holiday Bourbon Toast King. All right, Chiefs Kingdom, it is time to grab your drink, to raise your glass, and tell us who is your MVP of the game. This is our Toast Game segment presented by our friends at Holiday Distillery and their Ben Holiday Bottle and Bonding mm. Bourbon. Tuck, or Ken and I are sitting here with a couple old fashions at the Kingdom Bar and Grill. We appreciate Ben and Stephanie and all the managers and staff here for taking care of us throughout the game. Ken, we'll start with you since you made a comment earlier. Nobody wants to steal the offensive line thunder from you. I am Sid. I'm sorry. I, no, you're good. I you uh, you know, God forbid you try to put on a good show. Um, I am. Read. <laughs> I am beyond excited for what this offensive line. I, I was hyped up about what this offensive line. Mahomes was sitting back there, chilling for most of the game. I mean, they did an outstanding job in pass protection. I mean, we can talk about the run game, yada yada yada. Didn't matter. Mahomes was lighting up the scoreboard. Pass Pro, I think, was great. I want to give a special shout-out as well. Wani Morris got in. He got in for a snap, too, and had one Pass Pro snap, did a good job, and, and you know, just jumping in in the middle. Hey, that's sometimes the hardest job to have, is just jumping into the middle of it. So Wani Morris getting a snap in the entire offensive line. My toast game. I like that. I'm going to take one of the two new guys. I was making his debut. I'm going to go with Charles Amenehu. I'm going to raise my glaze to Charles. First half, Chargers offense is moving there, doing a lot of things, finding a lot of success. And the one big negative play that kind of thwarted one of their drives at the end of that first half with about, I think, just under four minutes left to go, had the sack, forced the third and 18, which they couldn't overcome, ended up punting, ended up being one of the huge plays. And then his deflection inside of the red zone that led to the interception. Missing the first six games, no, it wasn't going to be easy. Talked about how good this Chief defense has already been without him. To add him to the mix before Halloween and for him to get a debut like that at Arrowhead Stadium, Gary. I'm raising my glass to Charles Amenehu because we saw it with the the deflection. Yeah. The reason that he got that deflection is because he was one-on-one because you could see the right guard peel off to go help with Chris Jones, which left him time to, jam- to jump around, get his hands up, deflect that pass. So I'm raising my glass to Charles Amenehu. Clinky. All right, Maddie, what you got? Me. Okay. Let's stick with the defensive side of the ball. We got to talk some more defensive guys here. Um, let's go with Mike Edwards. I-, I thought Mike Edwards played a pretty good game. Yeah, there was a play early in there that probably played a little bit of a role in the Chargers scoring. But then after that point, like I thought he was excellent. He could have had himself two different interceptions. That pass breakup on Keenan Allen there in the second half, where it was in- he was running in Tampa two. He's running to the goalpost and he's still got eyes on Keenan Allen notices the pad level change that's a trigger that Keenan Allen's got to sit down and run a little hitch route how quickly he plants his foot in the ground drives underneath that and makes that play I think Mike Edwards just continues to play better and better this might be the second time 
I've toast game Mike Edwards. I think he's just in that perfect role where he's ne- maybe not out there enough that he doesn't get quite the appreciation he does, but he should, but he makes so many big plays. It's just that pass breakup in particular. And Justin Reed's too. I don't think Craig was going to pick him, but Justin Reed's pass breakup on that cover two play were phenomenal. Whew. Yeah. Toast. Better and better as the season's getting on for Mike Edwards too. Absolutely. You know who else is getting better and better as the season is going along? Drew Tranquil beating up on his former team. Drew Tranquil has a sack near the end of the game there, and that was not his most impressive play of the day. That running up the seam and stripping the ball from the tight end on a big play there, that was massive. Steve Spagnuolo has weaponized this defense in so many different ways. Mike Dana is still a Charger killer, by the way. Guess what? Charles Aminahue comes in, hits the ground running. This secondary continues to look terrific. This was the first time that I think we saw some little bit, you know, shaky moments from the defense where we went, oh no, what, what's happening here at the defense? Drew Tranquil ends up playing a lot more in the second half there. He comes in, comes in at the mic at the end of the game. They help shut the door on that. I want to give an honorable mention here to Willie Gay Jr. as well, who was mm. also phenomenal. Yeah. Just, oh my goodness. Uh, the linebackers were terrific. Great job by Drew Tranquil, though, playing against the Salty. Do you know who needs a drink after that game? Is Chargers safety Dean Marlowe, who got trucked by Rashi Rice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was as well. That was not about a lot of ESPN segments. Um, we also, you guys talked about him a little bit, but like I, and McCool also needs a toast game, oh, right? Yes, like yes, McCool comes out with that punt return 100%. and then that catch. I mean, we mentioned it a little bit, so like that's why I didn't go with it. But like he definitely needs a toast game when that first came back. That was huge. And and guess what? I know that interception happened to McCool there on the deep pass. There, defenses are going to key off of that. They haven't thrown. Mm of those, especially to the sideline. Force defenses into more too high structure by making more of those throws. So yes, was an interception fully on Mahomes or not being able to step into the you know the throw there, not on McColl at all on that one. That's what you want to see though. Defensive coordinators are going to have their ears perked because they did that just the once. That's all it takes to scare the crap out of defensive coordinators. Also, justice for Blake Bell, that wasn't it. That wasn't it. Let's just keep toasting the entire roster so I can We've down done. this delicious old fashions. We can do toasting <laughs> people all we want. This, I don't talk Scott. Toast Tommy Townsend for punting while hurt. He did punt while hurt. He also like doesn't wear any pads, and I think that's the funniest thing ever. So you see him <laughs> walk out there and with no like pads on. Uh, I'm going to give a toast. You know, I usually give it to good health in this segment, but I'm going to give a toast to Nick Bolton, hopefully uh, for a quick yeah. and swift recovery. Uh, to get him back out there on the field, got to give a got to give a raise my glass to a, a fellow Mizzou guy. For good well, health. I don't know if I'm going to make this a toast in some way, but I'm also going to raise my glass to the haters because with all of the crap that has been talked about with the refs giving the yeah. all of it, yeah. just point him to this game. Just point him to this game, and that's all you need to do. Because Mike Dana and Chris Jones both should have had right multiple sacks in this yep. game. Yeah. My draft yeah. would have liked that if yeah. Chris Jones would have had a taste. <laughs> did he? Chris Jones get Oh, no. Did this no. break? He had a half. Chris Jones. Streak is dead. Uh, streak. Oh, the streak is dead. Long blade the streak. Oh, and he played good. Like he, I thought he played pretty well, too. Just they, yeah. they gave Dang. him tons of attention. Yeah. All right, we got one more toast because we're going to keep drinking. We got Christian Martinez, oh. one of our other pro- <laughs> fearless producers here on the KCSN Live postgame show. What do you got for us, Christian? What's up, y'all? So I got, I'm got. i going to toast to the AFC West because the Chiefs have beaten them 13 straight times. 
13. <laughs> and you know what's funny? You know what's funny? You might, maybe this season, beat the streak for the longest in NFL history to beat a rival. Because right now it's at 16 straight wins. We'll play the Broncos next week. Get some wins against the Raiders. We might own oh. a longer streak of defeating a rival. Wow. Here's a stat that we should look up. Just pops my head. What's the most consecutive division titles won by a team? Man, it's the Patriots. Probably the Patriots. Probably. Yeah. It is like the Patriots. It's probably like the first but, mile marker that. Hey guys, I think it's the down. Patriots. <laughs> Thanks, Maddie. What's the most consecutive division Judge. titles won when you're not picked to win the division? <laughs> yeah. Listen, hey, Let's the Chargers got an unlock every August. Every so, August. Chargers right now is 11 by New England. 11, yeah. Adam, Adam Rank's streak on AFC West winners is probably like it's been zero for five years. All right, let's wrap this one up. We'll get final thoughts from everybody. Uh, we appreciate all you for hanging out. Please hit that like and subscribe. Make sure to check out all of our content throughout the week. Plenty of shows, plenty of breakdowns. My personal favorite, two of my favorite shows during the week on our YouTube channel. You get defensive breakdowns where Craig Stout is joined by Mike DeVito, Derek Johnson each week on the offensive side, Chase Daniel, Matt Hamilton breaking out Patrick Mahomes in the Chiefs offense. It is phenomenal stuff from guys that are explaining it in ways that everybody can understand it. They do a good job to give you more things to look for when you're watching live. But final thoughts, Kent, we'll start with you. Oh, I mean, the 14-point win, man, like that's 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 no joke, and I think they earned it. You know, that defense really stepped up in the second half and kind of knocked them out, and I think the offense as good as the explosive as they were early. They earned a they earned a double digit win uh, against the Los Angeles Chargers, so I like to see the tears uh, from Chargers fan uh, out in Los Angeles. I, I wait, wait, Chargers fan was at the game. She was there. Chargers she was there. Was at the game. Oh, yeah. she hits you with a honka honka on TV too. <laughs> what? You know, what? She did the smash. See that? I did not. See. She, she, did she has a deal with Buffalo. Wild. She did do the smacks. Already? <laughs> she yeah, smags. she does. That was quick. Mm-hmm. Too quick. Some are saying. <laughs> Put on the tinfoil hat. Here we go. Oh. Do it. All right, Maddie. What? What do you got? Final thoughts? You know, uh, I'm going to take this time to talk about Dave Tobe getting on McCole Hardman for letting the first long punt go. They And, you know, people said, oh, no, you got to let that go and get a touchback because you're catching it at the five. Well, yeah, the coverage was nowhere near you. You revealed that and you run it back. At worst, you're getting to the 15. You take that risk. That's what Tobe wanted. McCole said Tobe got on him for letting that one go. You know, Aaron Ladd posted the, the video on Twitter talking to McColl there on the field. McColl said Dave Tobe told him, hey, you kind of got to field those. Guess what he did? He fields the next one, 50-yard return, sets the Chiefs up to put the game away. So shout out Dave Tobe, who we give a little bit of, we give a little bit of gruff to on this podcast and jest. Good job by him. My <laughs> final point is Steve Spagnolo being just so good. 15 points a game through seven games like that that's outrageously terrific and it's not like some of those other years that i think we remember back like i i was the key proponent of bob sativity you know with bob sutton there and everything like that they were playing feels like for ago bad offenses in those kansas city chiefs have played the number four the number five 15 16 17 18 and 22nd ranked offenses wow 22nd is the lowest ranked offense that they have played so far this season, and they are allowing 15 points a game. The Cleveland Browns could never. Steve Spagnuolo forever. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) You gave the people what they wanted, BJ. (laughs) 
It's always the Chargers too. It's always the Chargers game. I get fired up for these games, but I, 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 it's just funny. I, I know we we have these games, and you guys think so analytically, and you get into the all the stuff. And I think big picture. I just think if you're a Chargers fan, you're a fan of the AFC West. You sit back and watch what the Chiefs are doing. You already know that Patrick Holmes is ridiculous. We talked about it. They can have everything covered perfectly, and it's always fucking scrambles. That I just look, I'm like, what do you do as a defensive coordinator where it's third and 15? You have all, you have seven DBs lined up at the first down marker. I look at Tucker, I was like, he's going to run for 19 yards in a first down right here. I have no idea how to do it. Shout out Sky Moore on that play, making a hell of a block oh, yeah. out on the edge. But I just don't know if you're a fan of the AFC West, if you can sit and watch the Chiefs play and watch Patrick Mahomes and now see that the defense is legitimately dominant and getting love from national media that have no reason to love on the Chiefs saying this is one of the top five if not one of the most complete defenses in the NFL and I know obviously Nick Bolton thing hopefully it's not as serious or it's not the better end of whatever that could be but just imagine if you're a fan of an AFC team looking at what the Chiefs have done with Patrick Mahomes and now the way that the defense is developing that all you can do is just sit back and say hey one one quick uh can you throw the comments back up and throw Devin Albertson's up real quick Tuck I think one thing, Buffalo losing to Mac Jones today. I think one thing I'm really appreciating about this team slogging through some offensive struggles to only be top, sorry, top eight in the NFL. Uh, you know, I I think this is a year where I'm appreciating how hard it is to do what the Chiefs are doing because the Bengals suck, the Bills suck, and the Chiefs Froggles. are six and one. The Froggles, I'm sorry. Uh, the Froggles suck. Um, Chris Collinsworth. Uh, uh, anyways, no, I just, I do, I, I, I think it's worth appreciating. Like, I think this is a year to kind of realize how hard it is because some of these other teams might have plateaued. Some of these other teams are really struggling to sustain success, like the Chiefs are. And now we're seeing new contenders. There's a, a whole new cycle of teams kind of starting to ascend a little bit, while some of the teams that have given the Chiefs fits the last few years are starting to struggle. I think that's just like, it's worth appreciating what you got right now. Yeah, I don't Absolutely. think Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones not playing and Kadarius Tony to have the worst game of his life for the Chiefs not to be undefeated right now. And they're still in the one seed in the AFC. Hey, fly Eagles fly tonight. I was say they they could, they could have a two game lead after tonight. That's true. Yep. Fine, I'll root for the Eagles. We'll beat him in the Super Bowl. It's painful for Kit and his thoughts on Jalen Hurts. So yes, uh, this is true. Look, just think hey. about Jason Kelsey and how much you love him, Kent. And, and you'll live he's we already We already feel like we know a lot about this Chiefs team. Obviously, next week they need to go take care of his. You talk about like trap games. Like next week is the definition of a trap oh, game. Yes. Going yes. Road, taking <laughs> off Denver. But then you come back and you've got Miami Dolphins and you've got the Philadelphia Eagles. Those are the two biggest games of the year left for the yeah. Chiefs. They can get through the next three weeks. Even two and one, if not going three. No, they go three and zero oh after this. Like haters, me even more pissed. They really will have clinched the AFC West. They go three and zero. Oh, you listen to the post game show. I'll figure out a way to say all the f bombs you want, Corey. <laughs> Someone asked, are, is somebody asking for it? Apparently, yes. they like when I cuss, Corey. Mm. A lot He's of a big fan. Not somebody. By they, you mean one? No, no, no. You have no room to talk. Well, with this there's kid. a lot of people. The king of there's a lot, lot of people. people are saying, like, it's one YouTube comment. Uh huh. Craig is great, though. just can't himself. I like how Toast Game took 20 minutes. This is really, this is an OG, this is an OG post-game show. I love, I miss this. I just love, because this is like the original talk. You know how far we've come? I know, man. Talk about Tucker all the time. You're just tuning in and you're new to KCSN and all this stuff. Go back and watch some of our shows from like two years ago. Don't come along. 
Don't do that. <laughs> oh, definitely do that. TJ, why? I will cringe. Because I still have that damn iPad rolling thing in my garage <laughs> that we tried to use once. Please don't. Oh, yes. Shout out Jackie Moon. I think oh, everyone should do that. Let me take Next week during this segment, please go back, do some homework, and tell us your favorite episode of yesteryear. Um, next next week live, tell us your favorite moments. Mine was the preseason postgame show we did for my buddy Tommy's baseball academy down in Wichita. That was amazing. <laughs> Good one. Up there. We stayed at Wichita the whole day to do that, too. There's a lot of background to that story that we'll put. We'll do a podcast on that trip down there once, Kent. Oh. Be a verbal history. An oral history? Verbal. <laughs> it's oral. <laughs> there's, there's, so, so much, there's so much about this that... Someday. Don't know. Someday. Oh, beautiful. I like the OG episode. Good. Well, Thanks, Matt. It's fun now to look back on. Like- Matt, I don't know what you just said. Uh, you know, we've almost stretched this out to 60 minutes. We're doing a great job. We got to make it 60 more seconds and we can just call it, right? Why are That's we trying? Look at look at Kent the timekeeper trying to shut the man down. Listen, when I was sitting here talking about defense, this man had to come in here, switch it off of the offense because they had their first good performance of the year. And look at him just going off. It was taking the focus off of a terrific second half performance by the Kansas City Chiefs defense. Kent, I have a major bone to pick with you on this. I just can't believe that you would take away from so many consecutive play like listen man this was this was one the chiefs had three consecutive pbus it was willie gay jr it was drew tranquil and it was justin reed three consecutive plays they did a terrific job stopping it mike edwards was like three plays before that that was the reason why they were able to close out the game and those were the things that i was going to say cut it doug where you decided the to go ahead and and try and filibuster me <laughs> t- you know take the focus off of me and go to the offense i just can't believe <laughs> that you would do something like that to me and we are at an hour and i'm done i can't believe people like me cussing this much it's blowing my mind <laughs> someone rant it's rant stout it's rant stout it was Everybody's just going to, like, was, change roles at some point. It was hilarious. We, we were talking defense, and Kate came in and said, hey, we got to talk Nick Bolton, and then uh, said, okay, that's enough defense. I'll talk to the offense again. I'm just saving points for the lab. We're holding some stuff back. Like, it's, you know, we have, it's like the Chiefs have Denver in, like, a matter of, twice in a matter of 20 days. I'm just, just holding some stuff Thank back you. like the Chiefs did, so that's all. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. BJ Custom in support of Frank Clark is my new favorite, or your old favorite. I remember that show. Dude. I remember that show like it was yesterday. Well, people, people try to tell me what I didn't see with my own eyes or experience with, like, yeah. being oh, that, there for that part. So no, I'm not saying that there for a lot of it and that people get that twisted. It's because I worked there. doesn't mean I knew everything or whatever, but there were certain things that I felt very comfortable with. You tell me what isn't or is or isn't real that I saw? No. There's a reason. He's a dude. He, he was the dude. Don't tip me. Are you ready to break? Is he back? Mm. No, I haven't officially signed him yet, have they? No. No. It's it's going to be like, you're not going to find a bigger Frank Clark supporter in the world than I am, but you don't want to bring him in. You don't want to stunt Felix Andy Duque's growth. You still want to get him snaps. You still want to develop him. George Karloftis is coming on. You've got a man who can move in and out. There's just It's a matter of snaps and where they go. Why Tucker's ready to go, Hallmark? No, it's well, he probably is. Well, yes, but it's okay. <laughs> All 
All right, let's guys get another topic. Let's just keep no, this thing going. No, we're good. Hey, hey Maddie, we're gonna talk draft. Let's now I said a spider. Okay, we're gonna keep this show going for another forty <laughs> minutes just to piss Tucker off. I am, I am geared up for this one. No, definitely. I mean, Tucker's down to talk draft now. Yeah, I was gonna say Brand, Tucker's not gonna be one. the problem. At what point do you clip this for the pod, like the audio? It's uh, listen. All this is still in the podcast, Teddy. I don't know what you're talking. <laughs> People are gonna be so confused when they listen back and they thought we stopped like twenty two minutes ago. Um, and then you're just gonna the cut. Podcast is gonna go. What you're gonna do is you're gonna go to when we actually like close it. You're gonna clip it there, and yeah. you're just gonna find some spot from 15 minutes earlier. So just out of spite, if you have any questions, it's an open Q and A right now. We'll answer three questions from the <laughs> comments oh section. You ask us anything <laughs> I'm not you want to know. We are gonna answer like them. You guys think I'm gonna clip it? I'm, I don't know. Bit, no, we no, so no. Much content on a Monday. We got all kinds of stuff. Hey, my friend. Hold up, real quick. My friend. Kent is the one that's the most upset about the fact that we are running past an hour, right? right. <laughs> oh, shit. I'll keep this thing going for an hour and a half then. It's 40 minutes because keep Tucker from me. Listen, I've been... <laughs> Personal stuff. Kent's been on his own with the fam for a while. I'm in the midst of being on my own with the fam for three days. We've been sing- we've been Reba. We've been you know single dads who work two jobs who love their kids and never stop. Listen, the last I, three days. We had a soccer game, a gymnastics, a birthday party, and a football game all before noon yesterday, and I was on my own. I, I was screaming, I want Bama at like 1 o'clock in the afternoon, which made no sense, but I got all that shit done. <laughs> so let's answer any questions from the comment. Who do you want to trade for before the deadline? Uh, honestly, I don't know if there's really any big trades. Yeah. Uh, I Honestly, I thought I thought before I learned that Juju Smith-Schuster's contract is guaranteed next year at $7 million that it made sense to trade for him, but it's guaranteed money next year, so I don't think I would do that. But I just, just bring the band back together and add Rasheed Rice and thrive, but no, I don't think we can do that even more. Sammy, if there's a low-end like D-tackle, something that you don't need to know the scheme, you don't need to know any of that, there's another dude that can get in there to, to yeah. snaps from some people that might not be performing at the level that the rest of the guys on the defensive line are maybe take some snaps away from that dude yeah but anybody on the offensive side there's no way you can bring him in unless they already know the offense to where it'd be comfortable making plays so yeah i mean for me i'm still a fan of trading for i mean if the if the opportunity presented itself and it made sense i'm not i'm not going to say no to trading for somebody like uh jerry judy i know the broncos would likely never trade within the division right but at this point i feel confident saying the chiefs can very much win the super bowl without making a wide receiver addition but you make one that just kind of feels like the, the Eagles just continuing to add defensive linemen that are going to get 18 sacks here. Like it just, it seems like there's no real risk to it to add yeah. another guy that when they're double teaming Travis Kelsey is going to get a little bit more separation than they're getting right now. But it still has to make sense. Like you can't overpay. You're beyond the window where you would overpay for it. Especially since you just added McCall Hardman. And I yeah. know that he's not like a giant needle mover or anything like that from a production standpoint. Play to roll. But let it, let it roll. Like, I, I'm fine with letting it roll. It remains to be seen. Now, cut to next week when I'm pounding the table for them to <laughs> trade for a wide receiver after Denver limits this team. Hey, 20 I, points again. hey Craig, just let it rise. That was bad one. End it. Yeah. No, uh, we're done. Most of all, there's some wild, like, creative. Oh, good. That was bad. Mm-hmm. We will end on this note. I want to give a special shout out. I don't know if we've done this on the, you guys normally does. Oh, first of all, shout out Haley Lewis, who was able to go to the game and enjoy it. As a fan, and she got the night off from the post-game show. That's why Ailey wasn't on the show. But also want to shout out Tyler Brown, 
uh, who helps us out uh, writing for the website, writing for the newsletter, but also helps us out with the KCSN Foundation and the My First Game campaign that we do in partnership with the Boys and Girls Club of Greater Kansas City, where we provide four tickets to every home Chiefs game to the Boys and Girls Club to provide those tickets to kids that are in that program and their families that have never been to Arrowhead, who might not have the means or resources to get out there. Tyler is one of our guys, like I said, who works with us. He's the one who meets the families. He takes them to the team store. We buy them uh, a hoodie, a sweatshirt. We buy them something tangible that they can take home to remember that experience. It's one of the best things that we do at KCSN. We don't always do the best job of talking about the things that we do to give back because we're too busy fucking doing the things to give back and trying to do good things. But special shout out to Tyler Brown as he already going to the games as he's meeting these families and he's taking to the team store and spending that time. We've got a lot of phenomenally great, genuine people that are working with us at KCSN to kind of activate and do some of these things that we do with the foundation. My first game is probably my favorite thing that we do throughout the year. Uh, and that's content shows all of this stuff. None of it matters if you're not making an impact in a really impactful way. And I know in talking with Jason and all the folks at the Boys and Girls Club that it is one of their favorite things. It's very simple. We do it in conjunction with Tickets for Less. Wouldn't be possible without our partners at Tickets for Less. It's just a beautiful thing. And I wanted to shout out Tyler Brown because um, he's out there doing the work. And I not get the credit or all that, but he's making an impact uh, in our community. And we absolutely love that. Thanks, so Tyler. on that note, before Tuck... Before Camp ruins it with some bad pun, we're going to end it right there. We appreciate all you for hanging out. Hit that like and subscribe. These guys. Cut his mic. Cut it. That's with the Tucker channel. Snake VP. He <laughs> likes my joke. These guys will be going live tomorrow at 9 o'clock. Only Weird Games will be going live at 4.30. Haley Lewis and I will be recording 10 things tomorrow morning. We'll get up that get that up in the midday. Shout out Tucker Franklin, Christian Martinez, Joel Prestel for running our social media. Shout out to everybody at the Kingdom Bar and Grill for taking care of us tonight. We appreciate all of you in support of what we've got building here at KCSN. Love y'all. We'll see you next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.